Hello, welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. Today is January 28th, 2022, and we were doing an episode from two weeks ago. How exciting! Woohoo! <laughs> One of us forgot to download the uh, the file from... <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> so, so this is going to be part one of the two-part series uh, on the paper titled... <laughs> Scrolling to the top, incentivizing energy efficiency and carbon neutrality in distributed computing via cryptocurrency mechanism design by Levy, or is it, who's uh, you might know him as Chocolate because he likes chocolate. Uh, he released this uh, paper in preprint uh, in early January, and it basically dives into the uh, credit system of Boink and proposes a possible alternative. Well, proposes several alternatives really, and also some problems that else those alternatives might present and then some possible solutions to those problems it's a really in-depth paper but we'll we'll try and give it a uh, very basic overview of what it's talking about so maybe if, if we pique your interest you go look at the paper and give it an honest good unbiased read because yes it does have that word cryptocurrency in the title and that scares a lot of people but don't be scared in fact in part two of this series which we already recorded uh, but will be uploaded after this episode. We talk about cryptocurrencies and we introduce them to you, uh, our good friend who might be scared of cryptocurrencies or might just not be familiar with some of the concepts. They're really, really, really cool. Okay, so give them a chance. I promise you'll like it. Uh, all right. So before that, we got to do the news. And the news from the Lost recording was just a bunch of year-end review posts, which were really cool. And thank you to the, I think, three projects that actually did those year-end review posts. But it's now almost February, so it feels a little late to do a, a 2021 year-end review post, eh, Delta? Yeah, uh, but if you uh, go back and look at them, uh, I would highly recommend checking out the LHC at home one because they released a new video on CERN. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we got some cool stuff coming this year. I mean, just to... to Refresh everyone's memory from last year. There were, uh, I think, a couple new projects coming up uh, that came up last year. Uh, some Boink development started to catch pace, if that's a phrase. Pick up pace. Uh, more people seem to be contributing. We've got this community alive and going. Lots of people enjoying the chitter-chatter. Uh, we had Riggas Weeks. I got a puppy. Uh, it was a good year. So 2022 will probably be just as fun for Boink. And last year, Delta had lots of tasty beverages. And this year, he has lots of disgusting beverages. <laughs> uh, well, today, Jeringo, I have in my hand a virtual beverage, which was the one that was uh, already consumed in uh, <laughs> two weeks ago in this well played, episode. Ter. Well played. So I'll do a review for two beverages on this one. So the first virtual beverage we have is an American Molten Cola. And it's non-alcoholic. It's uh, Liars brand, uh, non-alcoholic American Molten Cola. And I literally just spent four bucks on a Coca-Cola that's a bit spicy. So uh, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the American Molten Cola. Compare um, that to the one reviewed last week. Yeah. So last week, um, yeah, I did a comparison uh, with uh, an Amalfi Spritz. I think it was. The Amalfi Spritz was a bit chemically tasting. Um, oh, yes, I you remember. Can, you can go and listen to that one if you want to go and check it out. But today, I think it's the last uh, non-alcoholic one that I have, which is a Liars Gin and Tonic, non-alcoholic. 
and uh, it is literally just a tonic. <laughs> tonic water? It, uh, I drink it. It tastes bitter, and it's fizzy. It's carbonated, and I've got some ice in it, so it's nice and cold. And it's a, it's got a little bit of sugar, and I can taste a little bit of sugar, but it's it's just a tonic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm struggling to comprehend how you can do a non-alcoholic gin and tonic. It's mostly gin. <laughs> mm. Well, um, if I were to rank this among the ones that we've already done, it'd probably have to be better than the Amalfi Spritz, because at least this one doesn't taste like chemicals. But uh, it'll probably rank below the malt and cola, because the... Uh, the malt was a lot sweeter, and it was actually uh, um, actually kind of tasty. <laughs> and all right, well there you go, folks. Three beverage reviews for the price of two episodes. I think actually my mistake got you all a deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you'll enjoy. I need to go buy some more beverages. <laughs> can't wait! I can't wait for the deodorant series. Personally, I'm, that's going to be fun. Yep, I can't wait for that either. <laughs> <laughs> so, Foxy, if you're debating adopting another cat. How many cats will that? That'll be your third cat? Fourth cat. We got four cats, ladies and gentlemen. And I also remembered, I'm jumping back into urine review for some reason. I remember World Community Grid finished a bunch of projects and switched uh, home bases. That was also fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, I think we're all caught up. Let's try and introduce this really long in-depth paper <laughs> in 30 minutes. Yay. All right. I think the way we did this last time is the right way to do it is to introduce the credit system first and highlight maybe the problems with it. Uh, Delta, you want to do that? Yeah, sure. So what we're trying to solve here is we're trying to actually take uh, the credit system of Boink and how we get awarded Boink credits and turn it into some sort of reward system so that we can either pay people or give them some other token or something like that. And the problem with the Boink system is that it's not standardized. It, every project does it differently. Um, different hardware can play different roles. It's it's just a massive kind of mess. So, for example, um, pretty sure that uh, Amicable Numbers awards a lot of. Uh, I can't remember if it's. Hard. Cut that out. <laughs> oh, none of this is getting edited, yep. buddy. That's the oh, what? <laughs> New Year's resolution. All this stuff goes up live now. Goes up live. Okay. Well, I'm not <laughs> sure what project it was, but um, it I, I can't remember because I, I don't process it myself. But there's one project that I know awards a crap load of credits, like for every work unit, even though they're really short. Like they just have crap loads and crap loads of credits. If someone here has crunched it before, I know it's a math project. Um, I think Colats. Yeah, Colats. That's it. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I haven't crunched it before, so I don't know. Um, so yeah, Collats awards a whole bunch of credit for the work units, whereas something I think uh, like Rosetta at home, they have reasonably long work units, but we don't get awarded with that many credits compared to Collats. Is there a problem with that? Not really. Um, the problem does arise when it comes to saying, okay, how much floating, how many floating point operations did you actually do? How many computations did your computer actually perform? That's or how where much one did of the you contribute? Right, that might be another way to say it. Just like, how much did you contribute? The credits don't actually represent contribution. Con computer cycles contributed to the Boink network. They just represent some arbitrary number that a Boink project admin decided to make. Yeah, and you can only really say how much you've contributed to the project only looking within that project. You can't compare mm -hmm. the amount of credit you get from one project to the amount of credit you get from another project because then that doesn't add up. Yeah, uh, it's it's 
it, it's actually like a microcosm of the larger issue of Boink, where like it. Well, it's also a strength of Boink, right? What Boink is, uh, it could be argued to be a federated system where each project is separate and it's all running on like this infrastructure that holds it all together. And that's awesome because it lets each project go and do its own thing without having to worry about every other project. But it's also kind of a weakness because it, it splinters Boink into many different projects and it's really hard to bring everyone together in the same room. So it, it's, it's similar to the Boink credits. You know, the credits work well when you're comparing uh, me to Delta in the same project. But as soon as we try to compare how much we're contributing to distributed computing in Boink at large, it just all falls apart, right? Yeah, and um, essentially, uh, when it comes to creating a, a reward system, you have to somehow manage all those different credit discrepancies and uh, somehow arrange it in some way that you can fairly reward most people. And essentially, this is what the paper has provided some solutions to. Yeah, perfect segue. And and I will, as we get into some of the details of the paper, uh, I'll point out that a lot of the issues that might that people might have with the the paper itself are conceptual and and principle based, having to do with monetizing Boink or using cryptocurrencies at all. And we'll talk about that more. We talked about it last week, but you'll hear it as part two of this series. We'll talk more about what the the philosophy is behind these cryptocurrencies. And I hope to talk more about it in the future as people come to us with more questions and and maybe a little pushback. Um, but the 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 technical um, merits of the paper itself are just that. There's, there's, there's tech, possible technical solutions to some of the problems Boink has using ideas from the crypto space. So there's no reason not to look at them for what they are and appreciate them for what they are. So read the freaking paper and go from that. Uh, and it's also good to point out that the methods in this paper don't have to apply to cryptocurrency or don't have exactly. to be implemented by a cryptocurrency. It's possible to use something else. And they are also, in addition to that, they're intended to be built on top of Boink, not as part of Boink, right? So it's continuing the legacy of how cryptocurrencies have interacted with Boink. Um, I should say, um, respectable cryptocurrencies have interacted with Boink over the legitimate cryptocurrencies, let's say, uh, over the, the 10 years that crypto's been around. So it's it's its own thing. And inside of its own thing, it has some interesting technical mechanics that might, even just the discussion of those mechanics might bear fruit. So it is, there's no reason just to walk away because it has the word cryptocurrency uh, in the title. Uh, and so to that credit point that Delta you were just talking about, what this paper tries to do at its core, I think, is uh, develop an equivalency among uh, crunchers. So you'll be able to answer the question, like, how much have I actually contributed to the Boink network? And then you're able to compare, you know, myself to you and then distribute rewards, whether it's credits or a cryptocurrency accordingly. Pretty much. And it's almost as if we're not comparing Boink credits anymore, but we're comparing dollar values almost. In what way? Well, if we're, if we're doing this with rewards and we're rewarding people it's the easiest thing to understand is a dollar value so if we reward with a dollar value then you can compare dollar values to other crunches mm, yeah yeah that works uh and some interesting um i'll say concepts but that's not the right word but some interesting concepts come up when you have an equivalency across all of boink uh one of them being efficiency like you might end up you might find that people with hardware appropriate to one application 
end up crunching the hardware that or end up crunching that application to which their hardware is more suited uh, instead of you know quote unquote wasting efficiency on the application that they want to crunch but is not really built for their hardware and um, I guess I'll skip ahead a little bit in the paper one of the things the paper brings up actually is this sort of virtual marketplace where if I have hardware that's suited for project A or application A, but I want to crunch application B, and someone else has hardware that's suited for application B, but they want to suit they want to crunch application A, we can virtually trade hardware within uh, this marketplace, and the end result will be as though I'm crunching the project I want to crunch with the hardware built for that project, and the other person is crunching the project they want to crunch with the hardware built for that project. So it it hopefully would get rid of efficiencies by introducing some of these marketplace concepts that come with cryptocurrencies and cool blockchain tech. And just to explain a little bit more deeply, what happens is your hardware isn't actually shipped to the other person. (laughs) But uh, what happens is, uh, as Joe Ringo said, if you want to crunch application B, but you have hardware for application A, then what you do is you crunch application A and then you trade with, you basically, as, as he said, trade with someone. That other person will then crunch um, application B on your behalf and uh, you crunch application A on their behalf. And that's uh, pretty much how the efficiency is achieved because if that hardware is more efficient on that particular application, then more stuff gets done and you still get to crunch or at least get the feeling of crunching your own project, the one that you wanted to crunch. Yeah, so it, it achieves a lot of what Boink is set out to do, which is uh, primarily get people engaged. So I'm still doing what I want to do, and that's engaging to me. And secondarily, get the work done. Uh, so we're, we're achieving both goals. We have, we're able to tell how much each of us are contributing uh, at large through the entire system, uh, and, and we're getting rewarded for that contribution encouraging us to contribute more or uh, talk to people about how they might contribute and so on. So you get all the effects of Boink plus rewards plus more efficiency. And with that increase in efficiency, um, you might get, I'm actually working backwards from what we talked about in the beginning Delta, but with that increase in efficiency, you might get a decrease in uh, wasted carbon, right? Yeah, because if we have computers doing more work for the same amount of electricity, uh, then that's a better, that's a much better outcome. Yeah, and there's a there's a whole section on uh, carbon neutrality in the paper, section seven, uh, that I haven't read since two and a half weeks ago. So I'm going to try and stumble through it here. <laughs> uh, I remember has, reading it a little bit. If you want me you to do, go on it, please do. Yeah. So there's a couple of suggestions for how we can make the Boink network a little bit more carbon neutral or at least more efficient. So rather than simply using uh, the same amount of electricity to just crunch a project and dump that excess heat, um, they can also not only dump that excess heat, but dump it into some storage unit. So we've had suggestions uh, in past episodes of the Boink radio, and it's also suggested in here, is uh, the ability to store the heat from the computations into a domestic water heater. Now, obviously, we're not going to be actually boiling the water or bringing it to a uh, almost boiling, but uh, the act of simply warming up that water and getting it ready before it's actually heated to its actual top temperature that it needs to be heated at can save a lot of electricity from that water heater. So uh, 
Yeah, other than that, there are a couple of other um, things in there as well uh, that can be used to offset carbon neutrality based off of the heat from um, the blink crunching. Well, there, uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a couple having skimmed it, and one comes to mind now that isn't explicitly, I, I think, mentioned in the paper. But uh, you, you can have, uh, when you have a currency tied to uh, distributed computing, you're going to incentivize more people to crunch. And to some people, that sounds terrible. It's the devil. To other people, it sounds great because you're getting more science done and more people engaged in science. Uh, so that's a discussion to be had, sure, the philosophical discussion of monetizing crunching. But the reality very likely is if you pay someone to do something, they're going to do more of it. So if you get more people crunching and you also accept that a lot of Boink projects actually deal with climate change directly, you're going to get more science done that uh, is, is attempting to solve climate change. So assuming those projects actually fulfill their goals, then it, it, by getting this marketplace going and getting this this currency behind it, you've actually increased the rate at which you got to a climate change solution or a solution to a climate change problem. And at the same time, you have introduced a capability of a cruncher to actually buy carbon offsets. So you can, if I'm crunching a lot and I'm getting paid for it and I'm covering my electricity costs, I can then choose, you know, maybe I'm going to pay a little more for a more expensive renewable energy to power my boink crunching. Or maybe I'm even just going to straight up buy uh, carbon credits or, or invest in some way that reduces the carbon footprint of society at large. So you give the people who are already doing something good agency to do more. Uh, it, it's you're, you're creating marketplaces around doing good. It's an interesting, interesting thought. Um, but I guess we should bring it a little back more, uh, back a little more to the actual physical mechanics of this whole thing. And one of the big uh, points people bring up when they hear money and boink has to do with cheating uh, and, and whether or not monetizing boink will actually incentivize people to attempt to cheat more uh, or succeed in cheating more. Uh, Delta, you want to talk about this one a little bit? Yeah, so a problem that everyone, probably almost everyone has raised in Boink is what about the cheating? Now, without a monetary incentive, um, people are kind of less inclined to cheat, but we still see it every now and then. Um, Boggles my mind. I don't get it, but (laughs) whatever. People are having fun, right? Yeah, so... um, uh, yeah, so the problem with the cheating part of it is if we're now starting to work with money, then obviously we want to keep it fair for everyone. Otherwise, it's just a major vulnerability. So the paper does outline some very extensive methods for actually uh, preventing most of this most of this cheating. So um, let's see what we got here. Yep, so some examples of uh, uh, places that people can cheat and boink. So first of all, the paper only goes over what are called deterministic work units, which means that uh, the work units are known to have a fixed single result, like a single answer, like what is five plus five. And uh, if that is not achieved by probably two computers, then one of them was invalid and then they'll have to get another computer to validate the result. Okay, so that's deterministic. We know that there's going to be a single fixed outcome and answer that every single computer that, that crunches that work unit is going to get. What the paper does not discuss is non-deterministic work units. So if you've ever crunched MLC at home or I think DHEP, those ones are non-deterministic because you are crunching a work unit that 
you don't know what the actual answer is. You're just continuing to crunch it until you get to some point where it satisfies a goal of some sort. So in terms of MLC at home, for example, you are training a neural network and that neural network needs to achieve a specific performance as a neural network in order to be valid. And so with those work units, we can't necessarily have any wingmen, uh, any wingman work units. Um, so usually it's only done on, on their own. And uh, as far as the paper goes, they do outline some forms of uh, cheating. So for example, uh, cherry picking attacks. So what a cherry picking attack in Boink is, is basically understanding that the work unit run times may differ very slightly between work units. And if there's a way to know whether the work unit will be shorter or longer, then you can actually do a cherry picking attack, which is you say, okay, I'm going to only pick the shorter length work units and I'm only going to crunch them. Now, what does this do for you? If each work unit is given the same credit from that project, then the time that you need to get those credits is on average lower compared to everyone else. So you can actually get more credits faster compared to everyone else if you just simply abort the tasks in Boink that have the much longer work units. So uh, that's a cherry picking attack there. And they have proposed a solution in the paper if you would like to read that. It's a little bit mathematical. Uh, and they have also addressed another area of concern, which is project collusion. So um, there, I think there has been a little bit of debate regarding whether uh, projects can use their own server hardware to crunch their own projects. Um, boink attack, I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, but uh, is, is it really a problem? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, and uh, in the paper, they do go on about uh, how there could be colluding machines that can uh, be used on the project and receive a skewed amount of credit based off of the fact that they are within the project. Uh, and if you want to know the solution to that, there it is also in the paper as well. Yeah, they also uh, bring up the idea of trust scores. And um, this is a very in-depth field in crypto. Uh, it might You might hear of terms like web of trust and stuff like that, but cryptocurrency and blockchains essentially are trying to build trustless systems. But if you can build uh, trust scores into this reward mechanism where uh, someone builds up a reputation to the point where if they decide to cheat, they're putting that reputation on the line and the loss of that reputation actually costs them something, uh, they are disincentivized to cheat. And that just that threat of possible cost or less reward, uh, if you don't want to be directly punitive, you can be indirectly uh, punitive, by, uh, then uh, it will incentivize them to continue to do good because they'll get more reward for doing good than trying to do bad. Uh, and another interesting uh, sort of side effect of these monetized systems is when you have a lot of network participants in a network that revolves around money, uh, you actually incentivize good actors to keep an eye out for bad actors. You know, you already see this in Boink. People keep an eye out for um, cheaters, essentially, and then bring them to the attention of the project head. And I, I think Gridcoin, the one monetized system on top of Boink, has uh, caught a good number of cheaters because it affects the, the people who get rewarded with GRC uh, for crunching Boink are affected when there's a cheater directly in their, their pocketbook. It, it ain't much, baby, but it's something, right? So... <laughs> uh it it's still an experiment uh but bitcoin has been around for a good number of years and i someone brought it up last time 
but there was a technical error in the early days. But other than that, there really hasn't been cheating uh, in large cryptocurrencies or developed blockchains. And this is uh, using Bitcoin as an expense as an example. Bitcoin secures uh, what's this market cap at this point? Is it over a trillion? I forget. I don't know, probably. <laughs> it, it secures a buttload of money. So that whatever that ledger secures, that's what the cheater could make it make out with. But the incentives work in such a way that you have a better chance and you actually make more money by playing within the rules uh, than without than trying to break them, that no one has really broken it yet. Uh, so that a monetized system might actually prevent cheating more than it encourages it. And when you bring in the the technical stuff mechanisms you can uh, that come along with a monetized system, uh, you might have a couple tools to prevent cheating on top of just uh, standard incentives. And the paper does also accept that there are still some open problems when it comes to cheating, uh, which have not been addressed in the paper. So, uh, for example, uh, what happens or is there a greater chance of cheating if the attacker increases the amount of machines that they have? Um, what if they have a much higher computational rate um, and uh, stuff like that? So the paper does accept that there are open problems to the cheating which have not yet been solved. And uh, I Like Chocolate has just mentioned that uh, he has just solved that problem. So hopefully we might see it in the actual published paper. Just now, right? It's listening to us. We inspired him <laughs> into a solution to the problem. Make sure you get oh. us on the names of the paper. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we gave you that idea. <laughs> so that's actually so we've we've covered the bulk of the generals of the of the paper, right? And and this is actually a great example of the person who wrote the paper. He continues to work on it. He's around talking about the the paper's pros cons uh, and very open feedback. I've known him for a very long time. He's been part of Boink and and Gridcoin for a very long time. So uh, engage. Uh, with an open mind and don't uh, fight back <laughs> so much. And I'm sure uh, some pretty cool stuff can come out of a discussion on a paper that is 30-some-odd pages long and covers a lot of boink. Um, that said, I think, I mean, I think that's the gist of it, right? The paper is suggesting uh, equivalency be developed among projects, essentially, uh, projects and crunchers where you can really determine how much an individual is contributing to the Boink network. Uh, it proposes, uh, I think, two ways to do this. Uh, they're called linear regression and the hardware database. Uh, I think there are pros and cons to both, but two possible solutions to a problem right there in the paper. It talks about cheating. It talks about uh, possible marketplaces that come up that increase efficiency, reduce carbon uh, footprints, uh, and it also talks about some of the benefits of having a currency uh, around something like distributed computing. Uh, so, like I said, it's a 30-some-odd page paper. It is very in-depth. There's a lot of math. Don't be uh, afraid to ask questions about the math. I'm never going to understand the math part, uh, but I'm starting <laughs> to get a grasp on the, the general concepts, and I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing that we didn't manage to cover is just a brief overview of what the actual reward mechanisms or calculations are. And um, just going over them quickly, the original algorithm or method that they came up with was called a hardware profiling database, where essentially it basically gathered all the benchmarks, which are actually calculated by Boink, 
and uh, uses them to calculate the varied performance of each of the machines and then uh, uses that information to fairly reward everyone in, in some mathematical way, which is detailed in the paper. And obviously, we're not going to go through the maths in here. <laughs> uh, but uh, then uh, there's a new approach, which is the linear aggression approach. Uh, sorry, the, not the linear aggression. <laughs> I am an angry lime. The linear regression approach. Um, (laughs) And uh, that approach uh, uses the, um, uh, uses linear regression in order to map uh, the rewards based off of the credit. And uh, it will do that in also a fair way using a line of best fit. So, uh, yeah, um, if you want to read up on how all that works, then go for it. The paper is open and ready to read uh, in its pre-print form. So keep in mind that there will be changes to this paper and it will likely be improved soon. And uh, as we heard in the chat, I Like Chocolate has just figured out a solution to one thing. So hopefully we'll see that in the upcoming paper. Yeehaw. All right. Anyone else want to say something before we go? The gin and tonic's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to this risotto. The uh, the picture uh, that inspired me to do it, it, the risotto ends up being like sort of this bright red, like a beet red, and it's just I'm pumped. I'm mm. not gonna pull it off like that, but uh, <laughs> what's a civet, nobody? Um, I uh, I don't know if it's what I'm thinking of. Oh my god, they are very cute. What the hell, man? So nobody says African civets are very cute. And I agree. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyone else got anything they want to share? I think this is Rig of the Week right here. Rig of the Week, African share. palm civets. <laughs> oh, they're different things? Okay. All right. African palm civet. These are arguably cuter. <laughs> oh, man. But also uh, creepy. I don't know about pine martens. I know a guy named Martin who lives in pine trees. Let's see if I can get a gif of one. Um, It's not much on here. Do you think that's Crash Bandicoot is based off an African palm civet? Huh. All right. We're going to continue this off the recording because (laughs) we're going to go now. This is just more things to compress. So, guys, we'll see you next week, Friday, I think. Yes, next week, Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Boink Network Discord server. Uh, Delta will be doing a project brief on the new project. What's it called? The Ramanujan machine, I think. <laughs> the Ramen Noodle machine. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you get no, some hot water ready, guys, because we're gonna we're gonna have a feast. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a really good project. From what I gathered last week, it's a, a project that makes projects. <laughs> yeah, the math making machine. <laughs> so cool. Uh, all right. Otherwise, uh, be sure to uh, keep an eye out for episode two, part two of this series. They should both be uploaded at about the same time. So it's probably the next episode in the playlist. Woohoo! Have fun. See you later.